Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, can you imagine like the sun farts and it's lingering for two to three days? <laughs> and then it gets to our magnetic field, which is the toilet. <laughs> it's floating through the air. Like it's it's someone cut one in the room and it's just hanging out for two to three days. Just lingering. <laughs> Hey, Science Pals, welcome to another episode of The Random Theory. I'm Grace. And I'm Josh. And together we, you know, explore science and try to make sense of this world. Nice. That was a good one. Thank you. Someone remember that for us because you know it's different every week. Write that down. (laughs) Write that down. Someone please write that down so we can put it on a shirt. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I I hope somebody's keeping a tally of all the potential shirts we've come up with because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and it's definitely not you and I keeping track of it because we just could not, could not no. be us. No, not out of laziness, just like purely out of like we say stuff and we're like, oh, that was good, and then we never get back to it. So stuff just kind of like rolls off, you know, like we say, it does. yeah, it just kind of goes out into the world and doesn't end up on a page. That's how yeah. we, that's how we roll. But that's okay. It be yeah. how it be. For how sure. has life been? Life has been good. Um, a little busy. I sure. the, the day we're recording this, my wife and I, uh, literally today are flying to Chicago for the week. Um, we're gonna be so close for the first time. We in like are a for month. the first time. Yeah, <laughs> we're like right there. That was what I I told my wife. I was like. Oh, you know, I totally forgot. Like, we got to record a podcast tomorrow, so we have one. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, we're gonna be right there. Just get a flight and fly to Chicago, or fly to New York." I'm like, "Honestly, oh, I Honestly. don't know. You could." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, "Maybe if we had like a video," but then also I didn't want to like take all of the stuff. There's yeah. Just, you know. Well, we we planned kind of poorly, to be completely honest. We are both gonna be out of town, so Josh is coming to Chicago. That's true. I'm going to Bonaire. So it's not like we could have filmed anything anyway. That's uh, true. We were just both going to be gone. But I am going to film a video down there. We're going to do a really cool video. It's going to be very interesting. I don't even know how we're going to shoot it yet. We're flying by the seat of our pants. So. <laughs> I think it's going to be an exciting video. Um, It'll be cool. Yeah, that's me. I've just been busy. Lots of nice. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on, but all good. I saw your dog the other day. You did. Briefly. You saw my dog and I didn't even see my dog. I had a run in with Ray, um, <laughs> which like I was thinking about this. That must have been so weird for her. She has not seen me <laughs> in like a year. And Grace's parents were here and they needed somebody to let their dog out. So I was close and I was like, oh, yeah, I can go let her out. And I go and she was super excited to see me. But then I was only there for like 15 minutes and then just left. And I was like, that must have been so weird. She was like, that guy she's probably like so confused like i think i know that guy but i don't know if i know that guy (laughs) yeah and then then, then all of a sudden i'm just gone and she's like oh that was weird yeah that's so funny i didn't even think about that for her yeah yeah that's hilarious what about you how you been 
Oh, I've been good. Um, lots of traveling, way more than last year um, with this NASCAR stuff. I was just in California. You guys know all that freak weather that happened in California? Yeah, I was there for it. It <laughs> snowed in L.A. Like, it legit snowed in L.A. And lights were out. Okay, L.A. is not meant to be wet. No. That's all, That's what all I'll leave it at. L.A. is not meant to be wet. I was driving, so I had an hour drive. It turned into a two-hour drive. I was stopped on the interstate because oh. people were hydroplaning, all this stuff. It was a whole thing. And it was just insane. Like, stoplights were out. Like, nothing there is waterproof. They're not. It's not meant for it. They're, they it's don't, like they the iPhone. It. It's like the first-gen iPhone where it gets wet and it just, like, crashes. It's done. Yeah. It's done. That was L.A., well, that was stuff you texted on. me. You texted me on what, like Saturday or something, and we're yeah. like, "It's snowing," and I'm like, "Excuse me, where are it's you?" It's literally snowing. In what LA are you talking currently. about? It's snowing. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. I was like, "What is happening?" I came to LA for good weather. It was freezing. Like, thank God I brought a jacket because, like, my thick winter jacket. Because otherwise, I I would have actually froze to death. Like, it was it was in the 30s and 40s. It was crazy. I'm going to Chicago. That's like Ugh. the weather in Chicago right now. Yeah, I'm praying for you because <laughs> Chicago's winters are ugly and it's about we'll to be see. cold there next week too. We're it about is. to get a like a nice little everything. You know what? This is what sucks about the whole thing. I was just in LA, you know, yeah. weather moves from California to the East Coast, <laughs> West to so East. So I'm going to relive it twice. I'm going to have to do this <laughs> twice. Like I'm going to relive it twice. Yeah. Nice. Like what? No, nice. not nice. No, <laughs> I'm like I did this once. I don't want to do it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, jeez. <laughs> Who? A little hot there. Got a little, little heated. hot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should just go back to California for some. There you go. Decent weather. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's probably nice there now. Honestly, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Yeah. That's life. That's life. Well, should we hop into some ratings and reviews? I think so. I'll read one first because we're doing a email today. So emails are Josh's thing because he mans that. So shout out to Josh for that. I read through the inbox. Yes. No, it's great. I love all the emails and we've been getting so many great ones. So please keep sending them. I wish we could do like more than one in a week. And and yeah. I did do just last when we're recording this, the last snappy science was an email. Oh, cool. Um, because there's just so many great ones. And so I want to use them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what you got, Apple Pod? Mine comes from Apple Pod. Five star. It comes from our friend Creature Eleven. Um, okay. They titled it T Core, and they said, "Hi, I'm the person who did the puzzle review. I want to tell you this podcast would not be as much fun to listen to without the talk in the beginning. Because you know how we had that whole debacle. Sure, this is like yeah. responding to that. We had that whole debacle. You guys can listen back to it. Was it on the endangered animals? That pod? was cars. How do cars, cars car? There was how do cars car." There was a negative review that said we talked too much in the beginning and they were not interested in Grace's travel. I did read this uh, review and I want to thank Creature for it. Yeah, so so thank you, Creature. Uh, I think it makes the podcast seem more like a conversation. Also, I'm totally one of those people who listens when I go to bed. I don't understand you people. (laughs) I don't. I just don't get it. (laughs) Um, It's not because it's boring. It's because it's so fun to listen to. Keep making episodes, especially the snappy science. 
That is amazing feedback. Thank you, Creature yeah. Eleven. Like we do that this for great. you guys. Like we don't. I mean, we do this because it's fun for Josh and I, but we also do it for you guys. Like everything we do is for you. So, getting that feedback is awesome. So, thank you, Creature Eleven. And if you have any feedback, make sure you leave it on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating or review. Let us know what you think of the pod, what you like, what you want to know more about, and if you have a podcast idea, drop it there because we would love to keep this train going with your suggestions um i will say too that on that episode um on youtube there was also a lot of nice comments feedback wise um so thank you i don't have all the names but if if that's you you know who you are um i did read them so thank you so much for for all that feedback um on youtube you guys are the best should we get into the email yes i'm really excited about this me too. This is something that's always just intrigued me and someday I hope to see it. I really yes. want to see it. Okay. So this email uh, comes from Cool Gamer, but that's just their like tag. Their name is actually Jocelyn. Oh, hi, so. Jocelyn. They said, hi, I hope you read this. We are. We are, um, Jocelyn, for you. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Jocelyn and this is my pod idea. I think you could talk about the Northern Lights. They're really incredible. Oh, she also suggested a podcast about dogs. I think it's incredible how they can sense our feelings and do other amazing things that dogs do. I also have a joke for Josh. I was going to tell a time-traveling joke, but you guys didn't like it. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice, nice. I like it. Yeah, I agree. I do think like there's something there as far as because yeah, like there's the dogs that can sense like if people are um, diabetic and they mm-hmm. need you know like their uh, blood sugar's low or whatever. I think that's something. I know there's ones yeah, that do epilepsy too. Yeah, they can which sense, like, I just think is so fascinating. Yeah, because um, they do sense when you're upset, and I think what's also cool is um, airports using drug dogs now to search your bag so you don't have to like take your shoes off and everything so I think that I think there's definitely a podcast there so Jocelyn we will absolutely explore that and if we don't do a full episode maybe we'll do a snappy science on it yeah thank you Jocelyn for the email if you uh, want to write us an email instead of a rating interview um, you can send that to randomtheorypod at gmail.com and we'll read it and you also like if you don't even have an idea, you just want to say hey or to and just tell a joke or something like you can send that too. That's great, too. Or if you have a suggestion, just let us know. All right. Uh, should we get into the Northern Lights? I feel like we should answer Jocelyn's questions about the Northern Lights. OK, so honestly, the Northern Lights, they blow my mind and you aren't even going to believe what I tell you happens with these lights. And how they happen and where it comes from. We're going to talk about all that right after this commercial. All right. We're back. With Northern Lights. The Northern Lights. The Northern Lights were formerly called the Aurora Borealis. The Northern Lights are this atmospheric phenomenon uh, which create these waves of green, purple, and red lights. And they really dance across the sky. They are a vivid demonstration of actually our Earth's magnetic field interacting with charged particles from the sun nice i just think that's crazy it's earth's magnetic field interacting with charged particles from the sun yeah like, think I, about that for a second i feel like as a young kid right you learn about the magnetic field of the earth like that's you know whatever you have a compass or something yep. you learn about that but then but just like 
just thinking about that, like I'm getting like really just, uh, I don't know, deep here or whatever, but like uh, there's magnetic energy around the entire earth that things interact with. Literally. Creatures, animals interact with this magnetic energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when these waves of energized particles from the sun, uh, which are called solar winds, bombard our atmosphere, but thanks to our magnetic earth, we're protected from the impact here at the surface. But out there, like those waves are crazy. Like it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of heat. It's crazy. Right. That's another, that's another big thing is that, you know, you always hear in whatever, like Star Wars, you know, science fiction, space movies, they have like a force field around their ship. Yeah. In a way, that's kind of the Earth's magnetic field. Yeah, in our atmosphere. Um, in our atmosphere. It's protecting us from mm-hmm. solar wind. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which would literally burn us to yeah. the bone. <laughs> it's a good thing we have our force field up. Yeah, seriously. So thanks to our Earth's magnetic field, we're protected from that impact. The particles travel along the magnetic field towards the poles of the planet where an energy exchange produces the colorful lights in the sky. So the Aurora Borealis is simply glowing gases. Just think about that. Those are glowing gases. This is kind of the same way that like when someone is like, oh my God, such a beautiful sunset. Well, it's such a beautiful sunset because of the pollution. It's right. because of the the gases in the atmosphere interacting with the sun and they become charged particles and that's where you get the reds, the yellows, the gr- like that really yeah. vivid purple color. Those are all different gl- gases. So that's the same thing. The aurora borealis is a glowing gas. Just like the glowing gas in a neon light tube. So nothing's going to happen really if you were to touch the aurora borealis because that was my big question. Okay. I was right, like, if you were, if you were to get up there and like run a hand through it, yeah, what's gonna happen to me? Besides, like you know, dying because I'm not in my like super special suit. Like if I touched it with my hand, like nothing's gonna yeah, happen well. to you. <laughs> there's like a yeah, there's like an atmospheric pressure situation that you gotta be. Yeah, if we about. ignore that and you were like, I'm gonna touch the aurora borealis, like nothing's going to happen to you because it's just a gas that's glowing. Yeah, it's literally it's nothing. You're just running your hand through gas. Like yeah. The most common auroral color is a pale yellowish green, and that is produced by oxygen molecules, and they're located mm. about 60 miles above the Earth. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's less high than I thought. The most rare is the all-red aurora, and that's produced by high-altitude oxygen, and that's at heights of over or up to 200 miles. Uh, okay. So that's where you get like the really, really like gorgeous ones. And that's like way up there. And then nitrogen produces a blue or purplish red aurora. Right. And I feel like those, because there has been times, I remember like just this last year, there was like a news report that Mm -hmm. there was a big, I think it was like a big solar flare. So then there was going to be like the aurora borealis was going to come further south into like the United States. Because I, I didn't see it. We weren't in the right state. I think it was only like it came down to Montana or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Um, so I didn't see it. But I would assume it was probably mostly those lower altitude, mm-hmm. yellowish green potentially. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, the further you're getting, the more like pollution and light and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I would assume those higher altitude 
um, like high altitude oxygen and, and the nitrogen probably aren't coming. You're not they're mm-hmm. They're still there, but you're not visibly able to see them as clearly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm really glad that you mentioned that because the connection between the Northern Lights and sunspot activity has been suspected since about like the 1880s. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is awesome. Thanks to research that's been conducted since the 1950s, we now know that electrons and protons from the sun are blown towards the Earth on the solar winds like we talked about. Okay. So we're literally getting electrons and protons blown in our direction right. from the sun. It's like dust. But yes. electrons and protons from the sun. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What's really cool is that uh, rocket research is still conducted by scientists at Poker Flats. And that's a facility under the direction of the University of Alaska at Fairbanks. Oh. And Fairbank is the unofficial capital of the Northern Lights spottings in the U.S. Really? Yeah. That's like the spot in the U.S. where you can see okay. the Northern Lights. Okay. That's the place. Yeah, that's the place in the U.S. So it's located in the interior region of the state, um, and it has the ideal conditions for chasing the phenomenon. You've got the perfect latitude, excellent dark skies, and the magnificent neutral landscapes. So you really get a good picture of the auroras. Interesting. That is that. I wonder. Okay, this is a total like uh, side tangent um, because I grew up in a natural phenomenon dark sky landscape and yeah it was actually it is a dark sky um i grew up next to bryce canyon national park you know i spent my whole life there and so anytime that somebody you know i would tell them oh you know i'm from i lived next to bryce canyon they're like whoa like is it amazing like do you go to the park all the time (laughs) and i'm like no literally no like never bryce canyon is a there's not much to do there besides like you see the hoodoos and then that's kind of it. There's not yeah, really yeah. much else there. But it's just a phenomenon of where they're placed, how they're there. You, It's, it's, it's a really <laughs> odd experience because you cause I remember the first time I walked up, I was like, well, what? why am I here? Where are where yeah. are they? Where is it? And then yeah. I walked up and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is, yeah. OK. Like, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't say and this is why, like, it's not really that special to me because I lived there. It mm-hmm. is very much like it's like watching a movie for the first time that has like a big twist and you get to yes. that moment and you're like whoa then like the second time it's probably not going to be that impactful and that is yeah yep. that's kind of like Bryce Canyon like a big part of it is when you drive up to it you're just like in the woods you there's nothing but then you walk you're literally <laughs> in the woods you're like what am I here for like I don't know yeah, I don't just understand like brown <laughs> dirt and like you're just in some trees but then you know, the road takes you to the edge of a canyon, which is Bryce Canyon, and you walk out and then you see this big uh, canyon mm-hmm. with all these crazy formations. And that's like the moment, I guess. But uh, my the reason I was bringing it up is obviously like that community where I grew up is very tourist uh, dependent and like reliant yeah. on that and whatever. And I wonder if Fairbanks has like a similar thing going on with northern lights like if that's like oh i'm sure they have like northern lights a uh, tourist destination or whatever yeah um and like t-shirts and stuff oh fairbanks is the largest city in the interior region of alaska okay i guess that's its claim to fame <laughs> just being a big city <laughs> Well, we wrapped up Fairbanks. We're we're going to talk about the temperatures. Okay. So this is something that's really important for us to talk about because we talk about this on T-Core all the time and we do this a lot where you have 
something and you take it from one temperature to another extreme temperature. And that is what is happening here right? with these gas molecules. Like we're playing with them. They go from being in a really hot situation by the surface of the sun, which is literally a million billion degrees of cel- degrees Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like big time. I don't even know how hot it is. It's just really, really hot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 like uh, when you get in your car on a sunny day. Yeah. And the little metal on the seatbelt touches your arm. That hot. It's almost that hot. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so at that temperature, like at seatbelt touching you in the summertime <laughs> temperatures. <laughs> yeah. The collision between gas molecules are frequent and explosive. So free electrons and protons are thrown from the sun's atmosphere by the rotation of the sun and escape through holes in the magnetic field. They're then blown towards the earth by the solar wind and the charged particles are largely deflected by our earth's magnetic field like we just talked about earlier. However, the earth's magnetic field is weaker at either pole. So, therefore, some of the particles enter our Earth's atmosphere and collide with gas particles. And these collisions, like we talked about, they're frequent, they're explosive, they do all these things. When they collide, they emit light. And that's what we perceive as the dancing lights on the North and South Poles. Yeah. So, it's literally like lighting. Like, if you think about, we did that video where you made the fire tornado with... Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Uhas and the beginning of the video we were testing you burning different chemicals or like minerals and stuff to yeah. get different colored fire and it's kind of like that it's literally just like gas which burns it you know different colors getting lit mm-hmm. on fire from particle explosive particles from the sun yeah and they result in bright colorful light in the sky which is crazy yeah i think it's just crazy that like it's like the green color comes from oxygen yeah that is interesting yeah but it also makes sense because oxygen is something that's like special to us here on earth right right they don't they don't have oxygen they don't have that color (laughs) on the moon or on mars yeah no no it's very special to our earth and our planet so we have the Aurora Borealis, which is in the Northern Hemisphere, and the Aurora Australis in the Southern Hemisphere. Australis. That is a, that's a word. And one of my big questions, so like when I was doing this research on the, on the Northern Lights and the Southern Lights or the Northern Hemisphere Lights and whatnot, yeah. I, I was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. It's telling me how this happens, but like I have bigger questions here. Like what would happen if I touched it? What would happen if like I'm exposed to them yeah am i exposing myself to something harmful is there radiation is there like x y and z like i was just very curious because like how did we number one discover this and how did we kind of like get here that was my big question no wonder that there you know you always hear these old folk tales of like magic and whatever crap yes (laughs) can you imagine like I, you know, I guess it would have been, you know, maybe some sort of like Inuit tribe or something mm-hmm. that stumbles upon these things in the middle of the night, just the sky lighting up and what they would yeah. have thought is happening. I mean, there's dog. When I was digging into this, there are documentations of people seeing it. Really? And yes. And they, they draw it and they, they have no explanation for it. 
Right. It's just like magic, right? Like it's, it's, you know, whatever. These have been happening and existing since the beginning of time. Like the Aurora Borealis have been here longer than humans, longer than we can even like fathom. Well, it makes sense, right? Because this phenomenon is like continued to happen. It's the sun and the earth. So as long as those things have existed, so has the Northern Lights. Yeah. But the Northern Lights that we see emit no radiation. Okay. But are themselves electromagnetic radiation emitted by the collision between highly energetic solar particles and our atmosphere. Oh, so they're the radiation. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, so they don't emit any radiation cuz like we said, like it's it's the sun's solar winds coming in contact with our earth's atmosphere, and so when they come in contact, they explode into that burst of color. Cuz that's the thing, those particles from the sun are no good. They have lots of radi they contain lots of radiation. Yes. Um and that's why we were saying like the earth's force field, the magnetic field is so important. Because if those particles from the sun were to hit us without the magnetic field, that would be bad. Yeah, it would be very, very bad. (laughs) And I think it's important to talk about kind of where this starts. Sure. Like I've talked about how like, you know, it starts with the sun, blah, blah, blah. So it begins on the surface of the sun when their solar activity ejects a cloud of gas. So basically the sun farts and the scientists actually call this a coronal mass ejection oh i don't like that coronal (laughs) mass ejection a cme i don't like that in the context of sun farts (laughs) (laughs) any sort of mass ejecting that seems uh i don't know i don't know i kind of like sun farts they make pretty it's pretty at the end it's a yeah it all it all works out in the end you know so when the sun farts it takes about two to three days for one of these farts to reach earth which is crazy yeah can you imagine like the sun farts and it's lingering for two to three days (laughs) and then it gets to our magnetic field which is the toilet (laughs) it's floating through the air like it's it's someone cut one in the room and it's just hanging out for two to three days just lingering like (laughs) Just lingering. <laughs> oh my! So the our Earth's magnetic field is invisible. You can't see its shape. Right. It would make Earth look like a comet with a long magnetic tail stretched a million miles behind Earth in the opposite direction of the sun. That is crazy to think about our magnetic field. Like if it had color. Yeah, it would look wild, right? Like it. We kind of look like a tadpole. A little bit, yeah. You know, you have the glow around you that has a mm-hmm. tail out the back. I didn't mm-hmm. know it had a tail. That's very interesting. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it in relation to the sun, but I guess I just hadn't thought about that. I always thought it was just like perfectly, you know, like the atmosphere of the earth. Like it was just around, a- us. around it. Yeah. I think that's crazy. It's a tail that stretches a million miles yeah, behind yeah, yeah. earth in the opposite just direction. Hanging out the back. Back to sun farts, now that my brain kind of hurts. Sun farts, yeah. Um, (laughs) Back to the important stuff. It causes a complex change to happen um, to the magnetic tail region. Mm. So these changes generate currents of charged particles, which then flow along lines of magnetic force into those polar regions. And these particles are boosted in energy in our upper atmosphere, where they collide with our oxygen, nitrogen, and then produce those beautiful colors. It doesn't, you know, this isn't necessarily particles hitting the poles like it's not like they're coming in contact at the poles i mean some probably are 
but it's like it hits elsewhere and then travels down the magnetic line down or up mm-hmm. whichever way to the pole and then reacts mm-hmm. which is interesting which is just like a crazy thing to even think about yeah it's like energy running along a power line or something you know like it's like yeah traveling exactly. down a line to get somewhere yeah, and I think like that that fits into what we're talking about next because you literally stole the words off of this gentleman named Odenwald. He said the auroras are beautiful, but the invisible flow of the particles and magnetism that go on at the same time can damage our electrical power grid and satellites operating in space. Right. Yeah. Anytime that the sun like has a giant solar flare, I feel like we see it on the news because we know it's going to affect our electrical grid system. Well, people are talking about it because they're the. I, I feel like that's another one. Like, there's the thing in California that people are like, "Oh, the big earthquake," you know, like that's the, like the big earthquake's gonna happen. And I feel yeah. like there's a similar thing with solar pl- solar flares. Is like, mm-hmm. when's the big solar flare gonna come? That yeah, yeah. It, it could potentially knock out. I mean, if it's, I'm, it could be really bad if it's huge. It it could knock out everything yeah. and and hurt people, but. Um, but even smaller ones, yeah, they can damage infrastructure and, and cause disruption in satellite communication and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's why scientists are really keen on understanding the physics of the aurora and solar storms. Yeah. Because that allows us to predict when our technology may be affected. Depending on a solar flare, like you can track it. So if like there's a really big solar flare, like you are guaranteed to see really beautiful aurora borealis or northern lights. Right. Because they're yeah. directly correlated. Yeah. It's like people Which going... Which crazy. Going like... Um, storm watching? Yeah, like storm watching or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's literally that, but it's farts from the sun. This next part's crazy to me. Okay. The aurora does on rare occasion, rare, very rare, Okay, make sounds audible to the human ear. No way. Yes. Whoa. Like you are hearing space. Like you're hearing the sun, if you think about that. You're you are hearing the sun's fart. (laughs) You're hearing a sun fart. (laughs) It's not quite a silent one. (laughs) No, sometimes it is, but rare on a rare occasion when the sun's really gotta let one go, you can hear it. be in charge of this podcast Why, yeah what is the who gave us this platform we're talking about sun farts here what's going on <laughs> oh man so the eerie there's eerie reports of like crackling whizzing and buzzing noises that are accompanied by the lights because think about it you know when you're out there there's nothing around you even when you're doing dark sky stuff you're watching you're like looking for uh, shooting stars and whatnot comments blah 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 whatever it is yeah. you know when you were out there it is pitch black so places where you're going to see the auroras are going to be pitch black there is like you're not you're not near anything like there is no sound so for you to hear that like you would audibly know something is happening because it goes from being like silent to not i just that's crazy to me it's like like this thing you know they it happens in movies a lot where to get something across to the audience they might have to add you know sound or like visually tell something that's not necessarily accurate so to me that's like oh yeah that's like the movie version of like if if it was this energy in the sky they would add these sound effects to it to sell the point (laughs) it's kind of insane to be completely honest yeah 
Um, so let's talk about where the best place to see these Northern Lights are besides Fairbank. Like if you're in the U.S., like you can go there, see it. But there's this place called the Auroral Zone. And this is the region of the Northern Hemisphere within an approximately 1,500 mile radius of the magnetic North Pole. Okay, that's uh, that's north. That's that's pretty the, far up there. That's north north. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it encompasses most destinations within the Arctic Circle. So this is including northern Norway, Sweden, Finland, Canada, Alaska, Russia, um, Iceland, Svalbard. Yeah, I think that's like northern Iceland. Northern Iceland. Uh, in Greenland. Okay. I'm actually going to Iceland this year and we're not going to be there during the dark season. Ugh. It's going to be light almost the whole time, but Sad. you can see them during the day sometimes. Oh, really? So, yes. Well, you better be on the lookout then. I know. I'm like really fingers crossed. So during particularly strong periods of solar wind called geomagnetic storms, the northern lights can move much further south, which is what you talked about, Josh. Yeah, this happened last year sometime i can't remember when mm-hmm. but there, it was all it was big news and it's incredibly difficult to predict that because obviously we can't predict these storms they're working on it but it's it's hard to predict them so what is the best time of year to see in the northern lights well this this is honestly really exciting the northern lights occur year round nearly every single day of the year and they're not always visible which is very interesting You need to have the right viewing condition in order to see them. And the most important factor is darkness. Right. I mean, given that you have to travel pretty far north in order to see the northern lights, you'll likely run into issues with daylight. So in the summertime, obviously, the higher latitude destinations encounter a phenomenon called midnight sun, which means they experience extremely long days, some with up to 24 hours of sunlight. Dude, I... What is... I... I've seen stuff on that, like TV shows yeah. and YouTube videos where people live in places. What is that life? What is your life like? So I have a friend. Her family is actually from Alaska. Yeah. And she has been out with her parents at like two in the morning and it looks dusky outside. And that's it. I can't imagine what that does to your brain. Like she's like, you're never tired. She's like, you don't like you're you don't have a body clock because like we have a like she's like your body clock just does not work. Yeah, because you're yeah, like your body knows when it's that time and it starts producing like melatonin. (laughs) So if it never does that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, she said her parents have blackout curtains in their house. So like they try to simulate. Yeah nighttime like when it is that time of year like she's like we they try like to make sure that the curtains come down at like six or whatever and like they make the house dark i'm just like that's so crazy yeah like so crazy you would need to have like electronic automated curtains and then Mm -hmm. like the phillips hue lights so that everything starts to dim (laughs) in your house yeah yeah seriously wild So for the chance to see the northern lights, you'll have to wait until about fall, winter, springs. And solar activity usually peaks around the fall and spring equinoxes, which occur in September and March. But you can still see the northern lights throughout the winter anytime between those months. Right. Because the sun actually sets. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It does set. Yeah. I think this is crazy. The northern lights typically occur in a short burst of 15 to 30 minutes. It is not a long phenomenon. It is not something that lasts for hours on end. Like this is something that literally it's 15 to 30 minutes and those bursts can happen at any time. 
they could happen in the middle of the day. Yeah. And even though it's light outside, you won't be able to see them. So like that being said, say you're on a trip and you're trying to see the Northern Lights. They could be happening during the day and you just have no idea. And so you're not going to see them at night. Dude, that's rough. That's so hard. Because like I was saying, like someday I hope to see them. I would love to, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's like, man, could you imagine like not only like because obviously all these places where it's like the best to see them. Like that's a trip. That's a trip to get there. It's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah. And you're going for something that's could last 15 minutes and you might miss it. Like (laughs) you might miss it. Yeah. That's rough. It is. So statistically speaking, though, your best odds are roughly between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Okay. So if you're traveling to a destination that's known for Northern Lights viewings, your accommodation may provide wake-up calls uh, if the lights show up in the middle of the night while you're sleeping. So oh, a lot wow. of a lot of places like have just people on standby or like you know someone's paying attention they see them they have just like a wake up call um could you imagine what is that job yeah <laughs> yeah right because <laughs> otherwise you have to be up all night watching the skies that's true but somebody at the hotel does that right like they have a guy yeah. that's just mm-hmm. looking at the sky all night or whatever yeah that's funny okay yeah but so there is an exception to this general rule though oh If you're visiting a very northern destination in the middle of winter, you may experience polar nights during which there are 24 hours of darkness. And this occurs in places like uh, Selbard, Iceland, Uh, which then you can see the northern lights any time of day. (laughs) Right. Your chances just exploded. Your odds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, Jocelyn. That is all I found about the northern lights. They are sun farts. Sun farts. That glow. <laughs> Glowing sun farts. I, incredible. You know, I feel like this is a topic that everyone has heard of, you know, and maybe knows a little about. It's super interesting to like get into it and hear the nitty gritty and mm-hmm. hear our uh, comparison or what, like metaphor of, <laughs> of the fart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really, we really got into the weeds on the Aurora Borealis and how they happen and what it is. But I feel like to really appreciate it and to know that it comes, it takes two to three days for the sun fart to get here. And then it's the collision of these protons and electrons and them interacting with our atmosphere. I think it just really makes you appreciate it. Like it really makes that phenomenon special because it is like it's, it's something that is so unfathomable. And I feel like even seeing it, I wouldn't be able to process it. Like I would need to see it like three or four times for my brain to fully process it, I feel like. Yeah, well, that's why I want to see it so bad is because it's like, you know, other than I guess like a meteor, you know, seeing if I were to somehow find myself in (laughs) proximity to a meteor crashing to the earth, like there's, there's nothing that connects physically. There's nothing that physically connects space to us down here yeah really i mean there there is but like but not like something tangible and and easily digestible and this is literally yeah this is like you're sitting there watching radiation from the sun hit earth yes fascinating in a very visible bright colorful way like and i think what's so special is no two are ever going to be the same yeah like that's that you could hit you could hit it on like an incredible night and it's just this crazy display. Jocelyn, thank you so much for that suggestion. I learned more about the Northern Lights and have a way 
bigger appreciation for them um, and learn something I didn't know, which was really fun. Same. I honestly, uh, for me, like the fact there is the noise, the sound. Yeah, right. Did not expect them to make buzzing, whirring, whizzing noises. <laughs> like that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jocelyn. That was so awesome. Um, if you have a topic that you want to hear us talk about, uh, make sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can drop it there. Um, or if you don't want to leave a re- review on Apple Podcasts, even though it helps us out a lot and we really appreciate it, um, mm-hmm. you can <laughs> send us an email at randomtheorypod at gmail.com. That'd be awesome if you did that. Also, feel free to send this to one of your friends that's getting ready to go on a trip and see the Northern Lights or is just fascinated with space and yeah. the world around them because that helps us out more than you know too or if they just just send it to them <laughs> send it to anybody yeah send it to anyone you don't care who it is just send it <laughs> even if they hate space send it to them like let just you know whatever let them make know. them like space yeah <laughs> yes all right guys well we will be back next week but make sure you listen to some snappy science in the meantime yes. until then i guess we'll see you next week science pals yeah sounds good bye everyone bye Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.